The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Negotiate Anything. I'm Kwame Christian. I'm a business lawyer by trade, but my passion lies in teaching you the keys of persuasion and conflict resolution. My goal is to empower you to engage in these conversations confidently and effectively by not only sharing what works, but by also uncovering why these techniques work through revealing the psychological principles that lie behind persuasion. As always, this podcast is brought to you by the American Negotiation Institute, and the Institute has some very exciting news for you. On February 27th in Columbus, Ohio, we will be having our very first negotiation and conflict management seminar that is open to the public. It's an all-day training that will give you the confidence you need to overcome the fear and anxiety that come with difficult conversations, and it will also give you a powerful set of strategic and tactical negotiation tools that will help you to maximize the outcomes of your business negotiations and help you to deal with difficult people. And... We'll get to hang out after the session, which will be so much fun. There are only 20 seats available and space is running out because the Ohio State University's procurement team has already bought 10 of those seats. So if this is something you're interested in, make sure you don't miss out. Check out the link in the description to learn more. And if you have a job that pays for professional development training, they might cover the cost for you. So hopefully I will see you in February. Our guest today is Scott Barlow. Scott is the founder and CEO of Happen to Your Career and the host of the Happen to Your Career podcast, one of the top career change podcasts on Apple iTunes. In this role, he works predominantly with people who are in their career but want to adopt a side hustle and and make money on the side. And uh, Scott is one of my good friends, and he was actually my business coach as I was starting um, things going with my consulting firm here. In this episode, he shows you how you can negotiate with your manager if you're interested in starting your own side hustle. His background is in human resources, and he gives us a lot of good advice as to how we can have that difficult conversation. I know you're going to get a lot out of this one, so without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Scott, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm uber excited to be here. And I am uber excited to have you here Um, for the audience. Scott uh, was my business coach and now lifelong friend. So it is an honor to finally have you on the show. The honor is all mine. And I'm not just saying that this is going to be a ton of fun. Awesome. So how about you start off by telling the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah. So really what we do is at the core, actually at the core of everything that we do as a company is we help people really discover what type of career or business or essentially life, you know, as you see it through the lens of your career and work fits you, not the other way around. And then we help people make that happen. So at the end of the day, we, uh, we help people really clarify what they want and what they love to do and what their strengths are and what fits them, whether it be through the lens of a business or whether it be through the lens of their career. And then we help them go out and get that. I love it. The main reason we wanted to have you on today was to talk about the interesting topic of how somebody who works within a company can negotiate with their managers or superiors. 
to get the flexibility to start a side hustle. So can you start off first by talking about what a side hustle is, what it could look like and what you've seen in the past? Yeah. When we're talking about a side hustle, that could be many things that could range from doing freelance work in something that you're excited about all the way to beginning your own business to many other things that happen to fall in between. But the important aspect of that is that you're doing it on the side of whatever your other main gig might be. You know, for me, I actually went through and I've lived this a couple of times over. At one point, I was a college student as my main gig. And then I had my first business that I was building on the side way back when. This has been well over 10 years ago at this point. And that ended up, you know, buying my wife's engagement ring and ended up you know, selling that business as I left college and went out into the workforce and it paid off a whole heck of a lot of my college expenses and student loans. But much, much later in starting this business, I was developing it on the side, building it on the side as I was also a director for human resources at the exact same time, full-time role, lots of obligations, lots of responsibilities, and still, still fitting that in. But it wasn't, uh, it wasn't always easy. And I know that's one of the things that we're going to talk about in particular, how to make that a little bit easier by getting your employer to come on board, which is something that a lot of people hear. And I think they're like, no, no way. I don't know. What, <laughs> what, what do you think about that, Kwame? It's funny because I've done it too, because initially I was doing some work at the university, some research work. I started my law firm on the side. So I was <laughs> I had a law firm operating out of that office. And I, I realized, you know, eventually they're going to figure this out. <laughs> I better have this conversation <laughs> and explain what's going on and assuage some of their fears. And um, I was able to have that conversation, set some ground rules and some boundaries, and, and we made it work. And then uh, a couple of years later, I transitioned to doing my law firm full time and then turning it into the American Negotiation Institute. So I love this topic because I, I've lived it too. And for you, based on your experience and what you've seen, what would you say are the biggest emotional and psychological barriers for the supervisors and managers when it comes to making this decision and giving you what you want? Oh, that's such a great question because it really does get to the heart of the matter. A lot of this has a tendency to be psychological and emotional versus what those emotions have a tendency to tell us, which I think a lot of things that pop into people's heads like, oh, that's not going to work for me. There's no way that's going to be possible. All of those sorts of things. But what we find is that it is very possible. And by creating the right circumstances, notice I say creating the right circumstances, not just having the perfect conversation or anything else, but by creating the right situation, then it becomes incredibly viable and incredibly feasible and to answer your question directly, though, one of the things that we see is that the barriers are different for you versus your boss. <laughs> Those are two different things. So I, I love that you've addressed both of them because I know you're asking because you've already lived this and know it and everything else along those <laughs> lines. But this is good evidence that you're such a great host watching out for all of your listeners because you know that it's going to need to be spelled out in that way because a lot of people don't realize that and don't think about it separately. So one of those barriers in particular happens to be on the manager side, the boss's side, whatever, you know, whatever title your, your boss or supervisor has happens to be the if this is different could be, certainly be the fear of doing something differently. Or, you know, if this isn't something that's acceptable at your organization already, it's not a part of the culture in one way or another, then 
potentially the fear of what happens if what happens if I make this exception for this one person? What happens if it doesn't go well? Is HR going to bite down my throat or is everybody else going to come to me and say, hey, you made this exception for Scott. Why aren't you doing it for everybody? <laughs> and so those are the types of things that have a tendency to crop up. Plus, just the simple fact of the matter that anytime you're doing something differently, there's always some measure of, of change. So we're actually going to talk about how to how to work through that on that side and how to actually take this situation, which can seem really one sided. If you want to build something on the side and you want additional time to do it or additional flexibility to do it and how to actually take that, turn it around and make the situation into something that's good for everybody, which I think is going to be one of the key things here. Absolutely. I love that response. And one of the things that I thought was really brilliant in what you said is the importance of creating the right scenarios. And I think a lot of times when it comes to these difficult conversations, people take a, uh, I call it a hope-based uh, approach where you sit, <laughs> you sit back and hope things happen. <laughs> Which isn't uh, usually doesn't uh, work out, and so hope is a terrible plan, isn't it? It really is. It's not very practical, not very tangible, pretty passive. So, in your opinion, what is something that we can do to create the right scenarios? We've actually done this over and over again with many of our students, and obviously, I've done this, you've done this. So, thing number one here is recognizing that this is not something that is impossible, and if we're going to create that right situation, then that means we have to be able to create the right place, the right time, and be able to address it with the right people. And anytime I think about negotiation, those are those are things. Nearly anything is negotiable as long as you have the right place, the right time, and the right people. And in order to create that, particularly on the on the right place and right time space, we must absolutely have the type of relationship with our boss, with our manager, with our leader, whoever is has a vested interest in this to be able to have them have some measure of trust. We already have to be a top performer. They already have to be looking at us as a top performer in some ways. Otherwise, if we come to them and then we're like, hey, so I got this thing going on and it's really important to me and I want some extra time off. And they're like, Scott, you're just barely hanging on by a thread. <laughs> like we just had the conversation last week where you weren't meeting these goals. Like it's not going to go well. Right. And I'm being a little bit facetious here. However, creating the right time and right space means continuing to make sure that they are looking at you as a top performer. They are looking at you as a go-to person and you have a relationship where you can talk about these exception type things. Now, one of the little hacks that I found over the years that is easiest to be able to create that relationship over a relatively short period of time. This is going to sound so simple and so few people do it, unfortunately, but to become that top performer in your boss's eyes, if you don't already you don't already have like time set up at least on a weekly basis to where you can have a one on one conversation. This might be 15 minutes. This might be 30 minutes, whatever else along those lines. Then I want you to set that up. And the way that you're going to set that up is you're going to go to them and, and say, hey, I recognize that I want to make your life easier. Who's going to argue with that? Right. I want to be on the same page as you. 
with what it is that we are doing, our goals, making sure that I'm fully supporting you. And I recognize there's probably some easier ways to be able to do that. So I would love to ask for just 15 minutes a week of your time where I can bring what I feel are my top three priorities for this week or this month. And then we can make sure that I'm on the same page with your priorities for this week or this month. Now, this is ridiculously simple, ridiculously simple and easy to do. And very, very, very few people are going to be like, no, you can't have 15 minutes of my time to be able to make my life easier. Absolutely not. There's no and what this does, what people don't realize is, first of all, this is putting you in the driver's seat versus your boss having to make every single decision along the way. And also, it is allowing you to decide a lot of the times what the priorities are or to clarify if there is something that is different that gives your boss the ability to be able to say, you know what, number two and number three totally agree with. However, for this particular week, I would much prefer that you're focused on this area. And it allows this clarity and communication where they always feel like they're getting exactly what they need out of you. Always. <laughs> and it's so incredibly simple. And then, of course, the thing that goes without saying is over deliver on those priorities. And if you're doing that week after week, you're going to find that relatively quickly you are in a position to be able to ask for many, many exceptions because you will be their go-to person and they will always be getting exactly what they want from you. And then when you go and now that you've created that right time and space, now you can go and have a different conversation. Now you're set up to be able to negotiate a variety of things, whether it's you know extra time or flexibility to have a side hustle or whether it is additional additional money maybe you want to negotiate all of them at the same time whatever it is it puts you in that that right time and space now all of a sudden even though it didn't happen necessarily like i snapped my fingers but it didn't happen with snap of fingers this might be weeks or months to create that right time and space if you do not have it already Hey everyone, I just wanted to pop in and give you a quick reminder about our workshop on February 27th in Columbus, Ohio. It is going to be a lot of fun and I know you're going to get a lot out of it. Based on the feedback from the participants of previous workshops, the benefits of the workshop include feeling more confident in their ability to get what they want and need out of these conversations and the belief that they know what to say, when to say it, and how to say it in order to maximize impact during these difficult conversations. If you want to learn more about the workshop and you want to see the testimonials from people who have been in the workshops before, check out the link in the description to learn more. And now, back to the show. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From the minds of visionaries to the desks of disruptors, I'm Lars Schmidt, host of the Redefining Work podcast, Join me each week as we explore the new world of work through the lens of those shaping it. CEOs, HR leaders, investors, and more. Be a part of the conversation that changes everything. Subscribe to Redefining Work today. 
Absolutely. And one of the ways I, I look at negotiation is I see negotiation as a never ending game of chess. So you're constantly trying to position yourself to take advantage of opportunities. This happens the moment you meet somebody. You're constantly trying to position yourself. And so if we look at this in terms of a negotiation continuum, what we would see is that the first discussion you, you mentioned was to have a negotiation with your superior to get more time, to get some time with them. Can I have 15 minutes? So that's a negotiation. You're engaging yeah. in a negotiation in that way. And then when you actually have the time with the person, then you're negotiating to get information because you're trying to figure out what she wants from you. What are her parameters and criteria for success? And then you want to negotiate for even more information for how she sees you and what she wants you to do going forward. And so it's like you said, what you're doing is you're, she is giving you the key to persuasion for her. And so yeah. what, then all, all you need to do is execute. Absolutely. I mean, you're setting up that continuous feedback loop to where it's easy because I think so much time is wasted in efficiency and effectiveness is wasted on not having those clear communications as to what is important for people. And actually we use the same concept in every area of our business. We use this with customers. We use this clarity in what's most important and making it really, really simple. Like, Hey, here's my priorities. Are these the same as your priorities? That can actually be used in many different situations. But if we go back to our boss and our goal, is to be able to, now that we have this situation, now that we've done all of these little mini negotiations to be able to earn the opportunity to get here in the first place, then now we can go ahead and, and proceed with this conversation, or rather it might be most likely a series of conversations. I think a lot of people have in their head, this is one of those other barriers, a lot of people have in their head that I need to say the magic thing. I need to have it all figured out perfectly from the very beginning. And then if I don't say the perfect thing that's going to go wrong and it's going to shatter the whole house of glass and everything's going to fall down. And that's really not the way it works, especially if you've already, if you have already built this type of relationship with your boss or your superior. And a way that you can approach this, first of all, is thinking about what you're asking in the context of what is in it for them. And I'm not just saying like try to take a terrible situation and smash it into something and spin it so that it's really, really great for them. I'm saying, you know, think about like what can I do throughout the situation in order to make sure this really legitimately is a good thing for them. And in some ways they might be silly to say no to your request. Those are two totally different mindsets. Those are two totally different barriers and two ways to think about it too or I should say one's a barrier and one is an enabler. What I mean by that specifically is, well, I'll share a story where we were working with, uh, with somebody in particular. And in her case, she was wanting to start a, she was wanting to start a copywriting business is really what it came down to. And she'd already gotten this going just a little bit, been able to take on a couple of freelance gigs and she was loving it. It was great. And she recognized that this is something that she wanted to eventually do full time. So she had to have a conversation with her boss much at the same pace. And she was already, she already had the prerequisites. She was already looked at as a, as a top performer. And in her case, we ended up coaching her through, okay, well, how could this be a great situation for them? What could this look like in order to really be good for them? And what we found is that actually there's several different things. First of all, her boss had been asking <laughs> continuously for her to take on some additional like outside of normal hours 
type situations. And she'd really in the past kind of been hesitant to it. She was not super excited to give up that time. And that's how she was looking at it. And what we ended up doing is actually working that into the request and making that as a suggestion. So here's what it sounded like at the end, after we were thinking this all the way through, it sounded like, Hey, you know, can I first get some of your time? Can I schedule a time to talk to you about something important? That way it was on the calendar. It was separated out. They weren't going to get in interrupted. It was going to be on purpose. They had a specified amount of time to talk and she knew that it was going to be something that was important going into it. After they had that time, when the conversation actually came around, here's a little bit about what it sounded like. It sounded like I have absolutely loved working here. I have enjoyed working with you. And this was true. You can't say this if it's not true, but (laughs) (laughs) well, you can, but people are going to see through it. Right. So this was absolutely true for her and have also been experimenting a little bit on the side with doing some freelance copywriting. And that's something that's been an area that I've, I've been really enjoying growing in. And I want to delve into that a little bit further. Also, her being very transparent. She didn't at this point know that, hey, I must make this my full-time gig and it's got to go that way. She was still experimenting with it a little bit. And I think that's often the place that people are at when they reach this type of conclusion. So she was transparent with that. It wasn't like, I'm going to leave in a year and a half and, you know, (laughs) everything will fall down around me. It was was the case of, hey, I've been experimenting with this. I've gotten a taste of it, something that I've really enjoyed. And for my own growth and development, I want to be able to push this a little bit further. And I recognize that having a little bit more flexible schedule would help me tremendously. Plus, I also recognize that you've been asking for me to have a little bit more flexible schedule at the exact same time. And I'm wondering if we could work together to create a situation where I have a little bit of flexibility every Thursday morning and can come in actually just a couple hours later. And I would love to be able to actually stay later on the Wednesday night that you had been asking me to for a while. And honestly, when you first asked, I wasn't super excited about it. But as I've been thinking about it, I really think it's part of exactly what I want and exactly what you need too. So would this be something that you'd be willing to trial for four weeks and then talk at the end of four weeks and find out, is this working? And if so, great, we can continue on. If not, then we can adjust it to make sure that it really is working for both of us. So there's a lot buried in that really simple conversation. It's brilliant and and very nuanced because um, one of the barriers to any deal in negotiation is perceived risk from the other side. Um, They see something as a threat, especially when it seems like a big change. Change is scary for a lot of people. So approaching it as a test, as an experiment, is a great way to approach the conversation. And the other thing that she did was making sure that she framed her request in terms that demonstrate a clear benefit to her boss. And putting those two things together really increased the likelihood of success for her. Yeah. So she's taking what she knows about her her boss and what she knew about what her boss's needs are. And then, just like you said, reframing it within that context and not just from a not just from a tactical point of view, although I guess you could look at that as a technique or tactic, but more from a, how do we both get what we want and need out of this? And how do we create a situation that's even better than what was here before? And that type of mindset is what I find leads people down the road to even be able to really have these type of conversations in a really open way too. 
But then, yes, as much of that risk that we can take away, the better. Because at this point, you got to think, you know, I've already built up this measure of trust and credibility and everything else along those lines. And I'm really not asking for that much when I put it in terms of a test. Really, I'm asking for, let's try this for four weeks. Like four weeks, I'm going to come in a little bit late. And I can even go a step further, too. This is something that, you know, I don't know that she had this piece of conversation, but I personally did when I was negotiating this exact same thing. And I told my boss that, hey, you know, I recognize that I'm the HR director and I set the standard for other people within the organization. So one of the things that I will do is I will go and have conversations with my peers, my and also, you know, next level down supervisors to help them make sure they know how to get a hold of me should they need something, should they have an emergency or anything else. So that put my boss and my boss's boss at ease so that they they knew that everything was going to be taken care of. Also, that people were not going to get the wrong perceptions at the same time. And I did. I went and had those conversations and it worked out great and turned out like out of the year and a half that I did this, only one person ever called me <laughs> outside oh, wow. of, the, of that time. And that was part of because I had set some of those expectations too, as well as like, hey, here's here's what to do in the case of an emergency. Here's how to get a hold of me otherwise. If uh, if you need something, otherwise, as soon as I get in, you know, I'll be more than happy to help you out with whatever that request is. Turns out nobody really actually needs anything and nothing <laughs> is really that much of an emergency, even though this was a high-paced business and really, I would say, a, a culture where a lot of people didn't have that additional level of flexibility. You know, what I'm hearing here, and the audience will not be surprised at this, is um, the importance of effective preparation. Because you yeah. need to know your audience. You need to know what they want, why they want it, what potential fears they have, etc. So that's why we have the free ultimate negotiation guide that you all can download. So make sure you check out the description so you can download that guide. It has the uh, basic negotiation preparation guide, a conflict management guide, and a salary negotiation guide all wrapped up into one. So you could systematically prepare and feel more confident for these difficult conversations. So Scott, we are coming up on time. Wow. Time flew. Not surprising because we talk all the time. <laughs> but before you go, do you have one tip, trick or strategy you'd like to leave the audience with? Yeah, absolutely. I find that this is true for very nearly everything in my life and is kind of the core of what we we teach over and over again. I find that the more that you are incredibly clear with what it is that you want, the more that gives you the ability to both focus and ask for what it is that you want. Unsurprisingly, when you know what you want and when you are asking for what you want, you are more likely to get what you want. <laughs> <laughs> and especially if you can, in the context of what you want, help out others at the same time. So I would encourage you to look for that in every aspect of your life, your work, your career, and be incredibly clear, focus on only those most important things. And those often will lead you to needing to have difficult conversations, needing to have sometimes conflicting type conversations. And that incredible focus will be one of the things that will push you through at the same time when you're able to ask for what you want. You will not so magically <laughs> find that you get more of it. I love it. And lastly, can you tell the audience how they can keep in touch with you and any uh, exciting programs you're working on? I would say the very best way to get immersed in our world, if finding a much higher degree of, of happiness in your life and your work is exciting to you, then check out the podcast. 
Just Google HTYC or happen to your career and the podcast will pop right up in, in iTunes. Or if you really want to get clear on what it is that uh, that you want, you need in many different aspects, but particularly through the lens of your career, you can always go to figureitout.co. That's figureitout.co. That'll actually give you and guide you through an eight-day mini email course that just has a few steps each time. And that'll help you clarify what is most important to you within your life and work so that you can do more of this asking for what you want and then more of the getting what you want type thing too. Those would be, I think, the best two ways. Otherwise, our entire home base is over at happentoyourcareer.com. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Scott. This was really great. Thank you. I really appreciate it. This was fun. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. If you're liking what you're hearing, please leave a review and subscribe and tell your friends. Our goal is to help as many people as possible. And when you leave reviews, it makes it easier for people to find us in the searches. Thanks again for being a listener. I'll catch you in the next one.